football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Ah, yes, thrilled to be with you as we come your way with the latest edition of the program. And and by the way, if you've been hearing us, you've been hearing the audio version of the BetUS TV show. Well, with the football season winding down, college football over. Hey, Georgia just scored again on TCU. With the football season over with in college, with the NFL winding down, we're no longer doing BetUS's version of the TV show. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to be here with Three Dog Thursday, the audio version of the podcast. I am the somewhat uh, rested this time of year, somewhat capable host. We've got so much to talk about on the NFL wildcard weekend, maybe even a little college basketball we will squeeze in as well. I will be the first one to admit that I had TCU and the points. And I kept saying as the qualifier, they can't turn the ball over. They, they're going to be up against a Godzilla in, in, in Georgia. Don't help them out. So it's almost like I I should have talked myself out of that pick because, good Lord, did Georgia put the sledgehammer on them and end the college football season with back-to-back national titles 65-7? to Are you kidding me? Uh, So much for that underdog last week. But actually on the show, on the BetUS show, we've been rolling along. I mean, uh, that was my first loss in the last two weeks. I've been five and one. Most weeks on the show, we've been giving you four or five successful underdogs. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're kind of we're kind of refocusing. We're reformatting what we're doing. I'm going to bring on a special guest. I'm going to talk underdogs on the program. Thank you, by the way, for finding the pod here, however you found it, through a social media link. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the case is. Find us, Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe it up. We're here all the way through the end of the football and into March for the college basketball. I am not going to abandon you, audience, in and around March and the college hoops. Of course, we're going to be here talking underdogs. And to help me out, I love this man's insight uh, on all things, but including the NFL. You talk about the sweet spot this weekend. He does great work for Chat Sports. Uh, based out of Dallas, Texas. I see him all the time on all this stuff that's going on uh, with the National Football League. I hear him as well on the Jones Report, his podcast. He talks racing with David Starr. Let's go racing the NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, driver. Love those shows. Here is Tyler Jones. It has been a little while. It's been a minute or two, but it's good to have you back on Three Dog Thursday. How are you, my friend? DJ, always a pleasure. Doing great. And uh, what a time of year it is. Uh, Playoff time. Glad that we can move on from that. Hang on, Tyler. Georgia just scored another touchdown on TCU. Okay, continue on, my friend. Continue on. It is great to be with you. Uh, I, I will be honest. Uh, I did also have TCU plus 12 and a half. Um, Do we have, have an explanation on why it got that bad? In your opinion, why did it become 38-7, 52-7? What happened? I felt like they gave off. Uh, wow. To be honest with you. and. The, and what got me to the conclusion for sure that they just straight up gave up was the fact that they got outscored by Georgia's JV team, basically. Right, in the second half. Yeah, that was uh, just wild. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't deserve to be there because they dominated Michigan. In their yes, own they did. So, Wild game. They won the game. It I think Georgia just, was going to beat anybody on, on probably. Monday. And and I think it looked like they were ill prepared, like they hadn't been watching enough. And some of it, 
I'm sure Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, and Kirby Smart, they were rolling out some things they hadn't shown yet, and TCU just wasn't ready for it. I mean, when, obviously, when Stetson Bennett rolls to the left with two offensive linemen with no one to block, how out of position are you? How clueless are you when he runs in the end zone there in the second quarter on that on that quarterback keeper with no one home? It uh, It was bad. And again, that doesn't take away from the fact that TCU had a tremendous season. But Georgia flexed its muscle, SEC flexed its muscle, and uh, there we go on the end of the college football. All right, so simultaneous to that ending the weekend, we had a wild final weekend uh, in the NFL on a couple of fronts, including, let's get right into it. You do great work with Chat Sports. They can find uh, Chat Sports on the YouTube platform and, and elsewhere, and you do great work with both the Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens coverage through Chat Sports. How about the Seattle Seahawks find their way into the playoffs first by defeating the Rams in an overtime wild game and then having to sit back helplessly and hope and beg the television that Detroit was going to beat Green Bay because they had to have a Green Bay loss and they got it, Tyler. What are your thoughts here on the Seahawks making it in? Well, and on top of that, too, Detroit was – eliminated with Seattle's win earlier. So in theory, they didn't have anything to play for other Mm -hmm. than pride at that point. So everything that went right for Seattle went right. Uh, It wasn't pretty, you know, that going up against that Rams team and going to overtime and in missing the uh, field goal by Jason Myers at the end of regulation that they had a chance to win the game then, but nonetheless, Seattle gets the job done. And this team I think is one of the best stories in all the sports this year, they were written off, left for dead uh, with Russell Wilson gone and Geno Smith taking over as the starting quarterback. But they've just found ways to win at times this year. And they still have a lot of holes, a lot of weaknesses. Uh, Jordan Brooks, he's out for the year with a ACL injury, their leading tackler that happened in week 17. The run game's been very inconsistent, not anything against Kenneth Walker, but the offensive line just hasn't uh been great all year very young offensive line there for Seattle and then another thing that you have to factor in what Geno Smith is going to show up Geno's played really well for most of the season 30 touchdowns uh and you know over 4,000 yards passing but there have been times where the offense uh got stagnant where they couldn't move the football where Geno couldn't get it downfield uh, as much as they would have liked. And And he began to turn the ball over to the second half of the season. And we saw a couple more interceptions Sunday. And that's that's kind of been a kryptonite for him, right? Right. Two picks he had uh, against the Rams. Um, And so what, Gino, are we going to see? Are we going to see him like we saw earlier in the year where he had command of the offense and they were able to put up 40-plus points or – is he going to return the football over? And in two games against San Francisco this year, the Seahawks have a combined one total touchdown. Mm. Uh, that's it. And about scored by over 20 points. Not a good matchup for Seattle taking on this Niners team. If you're Seattle, I think you're hoping that Brock Purdy has that rookie moment of some sort, comes back down to earth and We just haven't seen that out of Brock Purdy yet so far since he took over as a starter. All right, so let's get into that for Three Dog Thursday purposes. So now that is the wild card weekend matchup. It is a third meeting. Now, uh, a lot gets made of it's tough to beat a team three times. You look through the history of the NFL, though, over the last 20, 25 years, uh, the the team that's won both games already has won the third game over and over again. Now, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
bucked that trend figuratively and literally uh, by beating the New Orleans Saints two years ago in the postseason after having lost the two regular season meetings. Very famously, Eli Manning's Giants on that Super Bowl run to beat the unbeaten Patriots. They had lost both regular season game uh, games, Tyler, with the Dallas Cowboys. And they went to Dallas in the playoffs and beat Tony Romo and the Cowboys in the third meeting. So it has happened before. It just doesn't happen that often. There have been cases where, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of times in the regular season and then beat them in the playoffs as well. So I believed on that Thursday night Seattle uh, 49ers that the loud crowd was going to affect Purdy. I thought the Seahawks were going to be able to get some things going. They just never did. Uh, so now as we bring this to Levi Stadium for Saturday afternoon, what has to be different for Seattle? They're getting a lot of points. What has to be different in the recipe for them to hang in and have a chance for Three Dog Thursday purposes? got to win at the line of scrimmage. And they've been dominated by the 49ers at the line of scrimmage in both those meetings previously. And if they can get a push and run the football, if uh, they can get a pass rush on Brock Purdy, then they'll have a chance. But – So far, we've seen this year that the battle at the line of scrimmage, Seattle hasn't even come close to uh, hanging with uh, San Francisco. And you go back to week two, that was probably the Seahawks' worst game of the entire year was against the Niners that week when they were just dominated in that way. So we'll see. Um, Ten points, I feel like that feels about right. Uh, When it comes to the spread, I would lean towards taking San Francisco to win and cover personally. But – uh, Seattle could keep things interesting. We'll uh, we'll see what they can do. If they can hang around the fourth quarter, then uh, we'll see from there. Can the Seahawks make enough plays? And again, uh, Shanahan's done a tremendous job. I saw uh, the 49ers obviously at field level wipe out my Tom Brady-led Buccaneers, and, and Shanahan did a great job of using uh, Purdy out of the pocket with bootlegs, with misdirection. That has continued uh, again, Christian McCaffrey is banged up midweek as we release Three Dog Thursday, and that game is Saturday afternoon, a 1.30 Pacific time game for Seahawks, third meeting of the year with the 49ers. We'll see how that plays out. Now, again, Tyler uh, is with us. Tyler Jones, love him. Tyler Jones live on social media. The Jones Report is his uh, podcast arm. You see him on the chat sports platforms, also covering the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, looky here, Tyler. We have you on Three Dog Thursday because the Ravens are in the playoffs, and we get a replay. We get a replay of last week's win by Cincinnati over Baltimore. They play again now Sunday night in the playoffs. The Bengals a seven-point favorite. We don't know as we do this podcast, can Lamar Jackson return? He's going to try to practice, maybe try to play, maybe not. All right, so that factors in. Why would it potentially be different? Lamar, yes. Why else would it potentially be different with the Ravens as a seven-point underdog at Cincinnati Sunday night in the wildcard round? I don't think they have a chance if Lamar doesn't play. We've seen this year that when it was Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown filling in, this offense just looks awful. They can't do anything. And there's already short at the receiver spot after Rashad Bateman went down. He's been out for uh, most of the second half of this year. Um, They had to have Lamar out there. And I was reading a report uh, the other day, uh, courtesy of the, uh, the NFL Network uh, from Jim Trotter, that with the extent of Lamar's knee injury, even if he does play, the way that he's injured, he would not be the same quarterback. He would not be his typical self, probably not going to be able to run as much as what we normally see. So I would say that 
Lamar gives them a shot, gives them a spark of some sorts. I mean, last week they basically put their JV team out there against Cincy and they kept it interesting. You put Lamar and Mark Andrews back and J.K. Dobbins and all those guys back next week, you could make it, you know, a competitive game um, and possibly win. But if there's no Lamar, there's no shot for this, this Ravens team. And I saw the Bengals at field level come roaring back to beat the Bucs. Now, the Bucs were very benevolent. It was the holiday season. They kept giving them a turnover and giving them another turnover and giving them another turnover. And you can't do that against a good team like what Burrow is, Jamar Chase, Mixon. Okay, so you were you were engrossed in that game Sunday. How does Baltimore slow them down with that high-powered uh, passing attack with Chase Big receivers, T. Higgins, Boyd, can Baltimore slow them down? I guess that's the real question. How? How do they slow them down in, in a must-win playoff on wildcard weekend Sunday night? Got to be effective with the pass rush. Uh, Justin Houston, who uh, you know I, I know very well from his days in Kansas City when he had that 20-plus sack season uh, early on, he's found the fountain of youth this year. He's got nine and a half sacks, and at this point he's what, you know, 34 years old, just pretty remarkable the season that he's had. Roquan Smith, uh, who just got paid, has been uh, outstanding, a huge pickup. I thought he was a steal. They only gave up a second and a fifth-round pick for one of the best linebackers in football. He has to play well, Patrick Queen and company. I really like this Ravens defense, and they've been a lot better in the second half of this season. The Bengals, remember, going into 2022 – they invested a lot in that offensive line, but they've been cheeks on the offensive line. They have left a lot to be desired. Got to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Got to win at the line of scrimmage. They do that, then uh, watch out. I think if you're Baltimore, you're going back and you're looking at what you did in the first game mm-hmm. um, and trying to recreate that game plan of some sorts and do that again um, to give yourselves a chance. Cause in that game, they were just the more physical team and they won the line of scrimmage. They got pressure on Joe Burrow, the offense, they didn't look pretty, but they made the necessary plays that they needed to. And this one, I think for Baltimore, you're not trying to win a beauty patch in here. You just want to get out of there any way you can. And again, for whatever it's worth going back to that first game in October and fairly early October, the Bengals, uh, fell 19, uh, 17, uh, in that one to the Ravens, but Lamar Jackson only had only a combined 225 yards. He had 175 yards passing with an interception and only 58 yards rushing in that game. They led 10 nothing early, and then the Bengals came back on them, actually had the lead late, but then Tucker won the game with a field goal at the right. very end. How much do you think that factors in, that October game? You said go back and look at it. Does it matter that much because it was three months ago for this game Sunday night? Uh, you know, I I think it matters from a confidence level and there's certain things you can look at, but I would say the big difference between then and now for the Ravens is if you get Lamar back this week, if he's, he's, if he's out there, uh, we know JK Dobbins is going to play. We have not seen all season JK Dobbins and Lamar Jackson, both out there at a hundred percent when JK Dobbins and Lamar did play with each other previously. J.K. wasn't quite there and looked off. He came back, had to have surgery again, and then he turned out to be okay, and he's been a different running back ever since. In his four games since he's been healthy, he's averaging close to 100 yards rushing. So, to me, this would be a – if you get Lamar out there, combine him with J.K. Dobbins, this would be a different Ravens team than anyone's ever seen all year, let alone even last week. 
All right. We'll see about Baltimore. And again, Tyler's got great insight. Check him out on Chat Sports, both of those channels, the Seahawks uh, channel through Chat Sports and their YouTube platform and the Ravens channel uh, as well with the Ravens playing the Sunday night playoff game with the Bengals. Tyler with me on Three Dog Thursday. I am going to get an underdog prediction from him before we're done out of the wild card weekend. He will go on the record. I will go on the record as well. You are based in Dallas. That is where Chat Sports is based where, again, they're walking around in Fort Worth in the DFW area with the black armbands on uh, with the with the froggy flag at half staff after that beating. All right, so you've been hearing all about the Cowboys, uh, and they get ready to play the Buccaneers Monday night. Tyler, what was that on Sunday? I know you were working with other stuff, but they were zombie-like against Washington with the potential NFCE still up for grabs and the number one seed still up for grabs. The Cowboys were zombie-like. Dak Prescott was awful. Is that an indicator that Dallas is in real trouble psychologically and execution-wise coming into this game Monday night with the Buccaneers in Tampa to, to close out the wild-card weekend? What say you? I think so. Um, and you look at the team they were facing. Washington had really nothing going on, and they've been just dumpster fire in their own right the last few weeks, the way they finished the season. So – if you're a Cowboy fan, it's the month of January. I think you should be very nervous. And, you know, I look at this matchup. You're on the road. It's a primetime game against Tom Brady. And the Bucs, you know, you know, Brady basically had a week off last week, mm-hmm. um, a chance to recoup. We know they've been a better football team the last few weeks. They're heading in, arguably playing their best football. The Cowboys are not heading in playing their best football right now. Um for Dallas, let's see what Dak is going to show up. And I, that's the biggest wild card in all this that we don't know is uh, what's it going to be? You know, I, I look at Dak. I heard a great comparison the other day that, you know, he's he's Dallas's Kirk Cousins. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's days that he can look like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then there's days like last week where you say, just what happened? Here? Or keep it to the same team. He's Tony Romo, the sequel. Same thing yeah. you just said. Romo would look brilliant for a game or a couple of games, but then he would get to December and January and throw unexplainable passes, picks, interceptions. He was 14, Prescott, 14 of 37 last week. If he, I am on the record, if he's not really good, if not brilliant, they don't have a chance to win this game. They're not going to run the ball on the Buccaneer run defense. So if if Prescott is not on, uh, firing to, to C.D. Lamb, firing to Schultz, the tight end, getting into the backs of the backfield, if he's not accurate, if he's not on, they're in big trouble, Tyler. They're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, Tony Pollard's been their best running back this year. Um, they got to get good play out of Zeke. I mean, the these two, it's Dak and Zeke both. Got to be gelling, got to be on the same page and figure some things out from there. And, you know, we'll see. You know, defensively, too, we've we've liked this Dallas defense all year, uh, you know, other than a few hiccups like that, you know, last Philadelphia game, uh, you know, where they gave up all those yards at Gardner Minshew. But for the most part, that Dallas defense has been good this year. I'm very intrigued to see what they can put together, if they can get pressure on Tom Brady necessary. Right. The last time these two teams met, you know, week one, uh, you know, it was not, not pretty, you know, I mean, it was, uh, the Buccaneers game. dominated the game and if they had, had a hand quick too, and if they had converted a couple of times in goal to go, instead of kicking field goals, that game is 30 to three and not 19 to three, they kicked field goal after field goal 
But again, I don't know how much that's worth all the way back in week one in early September moving forward. The only thing I do know, Tyler Jones, feel free to use this as your own stuff. You know that I always say this to you. Feel free uh, to utilize the nuggets. Um, the, the best form of flattery is when somebody else takes your stuff and uses it as their own. You have my permission. Tom Brady, 16-3 and three in his opening playoff game with New England or Tampa Bay. 2-0 and in Tampa Bay previously 14 and three in new England, either in the wild card weekend or the divisional round when they play their first playoff game, Mr. Brady's won 16 times and lost only three times. So that's advantage Buccaneers. And we further know against Dallas. Yes. Never lost. And if it is close in the fourth quarter, even if they're down, he's not losing. You better If you're Dallas, you better be up a couple of scores. You better be up a couple of touchdowns late because Tom Brady's going to find a way with time on the clock. If he has the ball to get the Cowboys, to get the Bucks down the field and, and put the Cowboys away because he did it to the Rams. He did it to the Saints. He did it again to, to Arizona. I know those are not playoff teams, but who are you going to doubt this guy? Uh, even at 45 on Monday night. All right, so a few moments left. You can kind of tell, and again, I'm I'm biased. I am, I am compromised. I love the fact that Dallas is favored here midweek on Three Dog Thursday. And what I believe will happen from what the handicappers are telling me and the people that know the bookmakers out in, and the odds makers out in Vegas, that, that they want money on Dallas midweek here. That's why that line is sitting there at three or at two and a half. So people will bet Dallas because if the line was even or Buccaneers by one, you probably wouldn't be getting a lot of cowboy money for that. Right now you're getting some cowboy money. Because they, they believe in Dallas, you're getting some Buccaneer money, and that line will probably switch. By the time we get to Sunday, if not Monday night, it will probably be an even line. So right now on Three Dog Thursday, I love the Buccaneers getting points at home to simply win the game. Tyler Jones, the floor is yours, whether it's the Seahawks, the Ravens, or somebody else you like as the underdog here on the list. Again, uh, on Saturday night, that is the, uh, the Jaguars getting a point and a half midweek against the Chargers. That is the Dolphins, good luck, getting nine, and we don't know if Tua can play or not. Is it Skylar Thompson again? Dolphins getting nine at Buffalo early Sunday. We have the Giants, very interesting, getting three in the rematch at Minnesota where they played a great game on Christmas Eve. The Ravens, as we said, get seven at Cincinnati, and the Cowboys are right now two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bucs. Is there an underdog that stands out for you for Three Dog Thursday purposes, Tyler Jones? Which one? Uh, two underdogs uh, I like. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. I like the Buccaneers to uh, not only cover three-and-a-half but pull off the upset uh, You know, this time of year against Dallas in January. It has all the makings of an upset. Uh, I like – Tampa Bay to get the job done. The The other one that I like, um, and I know the line has kind of gone back and forth and shifted. Uh, I don't know what the line's at now, but it's it's had some movement one way or the other, and they might not even be an underdog now. I do like the Chargers against Jacksonville uh, in that game. And so we'll now they're a one or one and a half point favorite, but you're right. Earlier in the week, it was even or Jacksonville at one, and this may move again. What right. stands out about the Chargers, and we and we don't think that Mike Williams, the big receiver, can play. He hurt the ankle. We don't know that midweek, but probably cannot, and this is a Saturday game, not even a Sunday game where he's got an extra day to get ready. Jacksonville at home, but what stands out about the Chargers for you, just real quick? I think just on a talent level-wise, this is a team that is much better than what their record is. 
I the, I thought going into the year the Chargers could challenge the AFC, the uh, the Chiefs in the AFC West, and they have been one of the most unlucky teams when it comes to injuries all the, all year. Now, granted, they might not have Mike Williams, but even then, they've been playing their best football here the last few weeks and looked a lot better. And you know the Jags, I know they've they played some better football as of late. Uh, they're on a roll of them their own right, but something tells me uh, don't sleep on Justin Herberts and. This, this Chargers team to pull off uh, a win here on the road on Saturday night. I love them as a dangerous team. And again, these two teams uh, did uh, square off earlier in the year with uh, the Jaguars just blowing the Chargers away. That was a that was a shock in L.A. 38 to 10. Important, though, that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, neither one uh, played in that game. Keenan Allen has really helped as a as a receiver right. for Justin Herbert. We'll see what that means now that things come around here to this Another matchup Saturday night in Jacksonville. Too, DJ, is yeah. uh, if you want looking for a little beat the books opportunity potentially, it sounds like there's a decent chance Tua could get cleared uh, to play in this Dolphins Bills game on Sunday, and the Bills are favored at about, about nine points. Correct. I think if if Tua plays. They keep it within nine. That game came down to the wire when they played a few weeks ago in Buffalo. In the yes, Dolphin, uh, Dolphins winning in the second half of that game with Tua, for what it's worth. Right. Yes. Right. So that's a, a potential beat-the-books opportunity if uh, Tua Listen played. to my man, Tyler Jones. He's all over it. This is why I love you so. Uh, again, you do a great job on Chat Sports. Plug away for where they will see you this weekend and what you're doing with the Seahawk playoff game Saturday and the Ravens game Monday night. Give them the update on that real quick before we get you out of here. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be live on our uh, Seahawks Today YouTube channel and our Ravens Rundown YouTube channel for both those games, doing a watch party, reacting to those games in, in real time and uh, you know answering questions and just entertaining the folks out there. Should be a great time, so make sure and join us there. Uh, I got Jonesport coming out this week. Let's go racing's back for – an all-new season uh, as well. So a lot going on. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that at Tyler Jones Live. Easiest way to find me there. Tyler Jones Live. We love that on social media. He and David Starr and Dominic, you guys do a great job with Let's Go Racing there with David. It's going to be Daytona before we know it, brother. You know that. Uh, Speed Week will be here. Right travel around... It's crazy. And you're going to come down here and be here? All right. We got to get you in the Sunshine State. Uh, and again, uh, on chat sports there you're doing a watch along right for both of these playoff games so check out tyler saturday afternoon 1 30 pacific 4 30 eastern time for seahawks 49ers on chat sports for the watch along and then the sunday night game a little after eight eastern time cincinnati and the ravens and the bucks and the cowboys monday night we save it all for monday night for the wild card weekend you know where my allegiance uh, folks lies with that tyler knows that as well he sees me wearing the NFC South hat here. We didn't even get into your Chiefs. Tyler is doing this show with a, a portrait of Patrick Mahomes uh, behind him over his shoulder, and I love that about him. We'll get into your Chiefs at some point down the road. Promise me that I get you back on Three Dog Thursday soon uh, to talk more football, yeah. some basketball, some KU basketball. He's a rock chalk Jayhawk. Tyler Jones, thank you. I, I love having you on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, DJ. 
All right, and we are going to get out of here without talking a little bit of college basketball. Again, you can catch me on the Bet US College Basketball Show weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time with the handicappers on the Bet US platforms, their YouTube channel. So as we release Three Dog Thursday, you may perhaps get to see that show live or later today on Thursday. I'll have some Thursday underdogs for you, and I'll also look ahead to the Saturday underdogs. We have to project because the lines are not out yet for the Saturday games. Here are a couple of the games that I'm interested in for Three Dog Thursday purposes. How about Michigan at Iowa, which right now the Wolverines are getting uh, five points at Iowa. They've won a couple of games at home. They lost to Michigan State on the weekend, uh, but obviously... Uh, Jawan Howard's team is one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Hunter Dickinson in the middle, some good guard play. Iowa has been a bit erratic, uh, although they did get a big comeback win last week over Indiana after being down by 20. Murray, the guard, is outstanding. Fran McCaffrey's son, one of the leading scorers, uh, Patrick McCaffrey, uh, has had to take a leave from the team because of anxiety issues. Iowa did turn around and beat Rutgers at Rutgers, but something just says to me, Michigan tonight at Iowa Look out for that game. And another one in the Pac-12 is Colorado. This is a Colorado team that has won seven of its last eight games. They beat the two Oregon teams last weekend on the weekend against a USC team that has been good for most of the year. USC favored by four in this one at the Galen Center on the USC campus in Los Angeles. I just like something about Colorado tonight. That game, as we release Three Dog Thursday, will be uh, 6 Pacific time on ESPN tonight with Dave Pash and Bill Walton calling it. So give me a little give me a little Colorado Buffaloes of Tad Boyle in Pac-12 action. And a couple of games to pay attention to Saturday. We do not have lines. But if Kentucky is a double-digit favorite, uh, double-digit underdog, excuse me, at Tennessee, which they probably will be. Kentucky awful earlier this week against South Carolina, a team they were favored by 20 points to beat, and South Carolina beat them at Rupp Arena. Uh, John Calipari's had a rough two or three days. He had a fan in the stands holding up a sign saying, please go to Texas for the opening now with the Longhorns. They escorted that fan out. My line keeps keeps being maybe the rest of the Kentucky fans in the lower bowl should have left with that guy because they proceeded to lose to a bad South Carolina team at home. Too much talent on Kentucky, but they're not very good shooting the ball. Meanwhile, Tennessee, top five. Tennessee struggled some with Vanderbilt midweek. If this line, we don't have it yet, if this line is 10 points or more that Kentucky's an underdog, I would like them to keep it close. And bow their back with Sheboy in the middle, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Give me, give me Kentucky to hang in on that one Saturday. And I'll give you one more. Providence unbeaten in the Big East, 6-0, one of the top 20 teams in the country. Already have a couple of huge wins over Marquette and over UConn in conference play. Providence at Creighton. That is Saturday afternoon early, 1 local time, central time, 2 eastern time in Omaha. Creighton probably going to be a short home underdog. Probably something like two points, three points. Don't have the line in front of me. If Creighton is the short home underdog, I like them to win that game with Providence. So that's a Big East one that I'm giving you as well. So there we go. We're all across the board. Big 10, Pac-12 for Thursday, SEC, Big East for Saturday. There's some college underdogs. I was not going to give you some college 
Uh, I was not going to stay away from the college underdogs here on the program. This is what we do on Three Dog Thursday. So my thanks again to Tyler Jones giving you some NFL breakdown. Tyler's a big Kansas guy. Rock Chalk, the defending champions, they play Iowa State on Saturday after that win uh, earlier this week with Oklahoma. I'm still smarting from my Memphis Tigers losing to UCF on Wednesday night in Orlando, 107-104 to in a wild double overtime game. We'll see if the Tigers can rebound. So a little college basketball. Tyler did a great job with the wild card weekend. Again, check him out on chat sports coverage of uh, the NFL and those chat sports channels for the Seahawks and the Ravens. He'll be doing the watch-alongs Saturday afternoon and Sunday night for the Seahawk and Raven games, respectively. I will be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, radio broadcast with Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore of Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, Monday night. The Bucs maintain being a two-point underdog on Thursday. I think that could switch around by the weekend. So get in on the Bucs as an underdog right now before the weekend because they may become a favorite before this is over by a short point, or it could be a pick them game by Monday night. They're trying to get some money on the Dallas Cowboys. We shall see. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, there are uh, There's a boatload of NFL and college basketball conversation. That's what we're going to do every week here on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you for finding it through a social media link. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Great stuff here for Three Dog Thursday uh, in this audio edition. Make it a point to be with us uh, here as I bring you great guests and some handicapping, especially on the college basketball, headed all the way through March. We still got NFL for the next couple of weeks before we head to the Super Bowl. We gave you some good wild card weekend stuff, divisional round next week, conference championship games, but lots and lots of college hoops from here on out into the month of March. For now, we're good. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for finding me with the guests and more for Three Dog Thursday.